Hello. And welcome to our podcast. Just another F word. I'm Ellie. And I'm Ella. <laughs> I got something stuck in my throat when I said that. Oh. I was like, I, I, I was really got time. Oh no. And then I did the piss out of you. Yeah, no, it's fine. I'm pretty used to it. I'm pretty used to being mocked. It's not like oh, hurtful at all. I'll the get time. the violins up for you, Please, shall I? Thank you. Just the real small ones. I'd really enjoy oh, that. What are those called? Fiddle? No. No, re- no just the s- real small violins. Small violins. <laughs> <laughs> I'll find one for you. That would be really helpful. How are you? Yeah, no, look, yeah. Yeah, no, good. <laughs> Again, the most, I feel like we've had this conversation before, but the yeah. most Kiwi thing ever. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah nah. no, yeah, nah, yeah, nah, 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 yeah, nah, yeah. No, you yeah, know, that is literally really Kiwi. No, I'm pretty good. Um, I'm just trying to think about like what's been going on. Um, We've just had a whole two hours of where I've been playing you Scottish tunes. That's I mean, <laughs> that is what's been going on. How could you forget? Was that not the greatest two hours of your life? How could I forget? I um Great. I didn't forget. What are you talking about? It was beautiful. I loved it. No, I actually did, but it was quite interesting that I knew as many songs as I did. Well, now I'm going to put you on the spot. Favourite mm. Scottish song? Mm. Oh, and by Scottish, mm. I'll give you some time to think because I'm very kind like that. Mm. Um, mm. We're, thinking, we're talking about Scottish artists. Oh, not the favourite song. <laughs> Our favourite song... Would have been um, there was that Clement Cinnamon dude. Oh, Jerry Cinnamon. Yeah, like, there was a, a Cinnamon. Now, now I remember him mainly for his last name, Cinnamon. I mean, you love Cinnamon scrolls. I love a Cinnamon scroll. <laughs> it's, I love a Cinnamon brioche. <laughs> Jerry Cinnamon is great. If you haven't checked out the song Belter, you absolutely should. But I had a fantastic time. Did I you? was like. Like, yeah, going through all of a little bit of home. Next week, we're going to just do um, Australian tunes. Great. Kylie Minogue. Um, oh, I mean, you know. Uh, Shannon Knoll, Guy Sebastian. Yeah, they were pretty good ones from, uh, what was it called? Um, Australian Idol from uh, back in oh. the day. Yeah. But what are we talking about today? We are talking about what we said we were going to talk about a couple of weeks ago. Mm. Um, mm. And then Ellie re-listened. I said, I said to Ellie, I'm pretty sure we had a topic that we were meant to talk about last week before Fat Phobia. And I was like, no, we didn't. I said, yeah, we did. And we tried to listen to the back of it. At the end of it, we're like, yeah, it'll be by the end. And it wasn't. It was in the um, intro. So, Soz team, I know, I know how much you were looking forward to talking about periods. Uh, so that's what we're doing today. Periods. Periods. Menstrual cycle. Blood. I, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, plasma? Like, does plasma come out? Eggs. Uterus. Ovaries. Is Ooh. that part of it? Yeah. Ovaries. I was going to say tampons. And I'm like, are we just playing like a period word game? <laughs> period association, you know? Period association word game. Great. I totally think <laughs> there is something in that for educational purposes. But right, trademark actuals, right here. Actuals, because when you think about it, I don't really remember being taught much about periods. No. Oh, no, I think, um, well, yeah, I'm trying to think what my first kind of lesson was. I'm pretty sure there would have been mm. some kind of lesson in school about yeah, and you know uterus, what? but I can't even remember. And most of the time you have to have parental consent to go to it. Mm. Dumb. Totally dumb. So dumb. And also, um, my first... Um, period conversation was a really great one um there were no words um it was just my mum giving me a book called hair growing in funny places oh yes i've actually heard of that book i don't know if i do remember having a book as well but it clearly didn't stick that much out in my brain oh it has stuck in my brain that's all I think about now. <laughs> 24-7, just periods. It was the start of your puberty understanding. For a minute I thought... Do you know how old you were when you were given it? I'd say like 10, 9 oh, or 10. Yeah, yeah. classic. You know, in a child. In a child. In a child age. <laughs> in a child um, age. I think something that's probably super important, mm-hmm. just as a kind of pre-thing, pre-ramble, yeah. um, before we head into kind of lots of stuff about um, periods, is just to kind of recognise that it's not only women that yeah. have periods, not all women will have periods, um, and it's more some people who have uterus. A uteri? I know, I was like, uteruses? Or was like, no, a uterus? Have a uterus. Yeah. Um, will have periods. Yeah. Um, and it's just being really considerate of our language around, mm. uh, yeah, around periods and how we talk about women um, and knowing that, yeah, 
it will be some people who have uterus. Yeah, because I think that's the thing is like you think about it now, like or you think about back in the day or even nowadays that um, period products are very much um, marketed for women. Mm. You know, that's what they say. It's for mm. women. They'll be in like pink packages. Mm. It'll be all pretty. Mm. And it's not necessarily how it is. And if you um, – it's just for people who have – Uteri. A uterus. A uterus. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, important one just to be make sure that we'll be inclusive when we're having those yeah, kinds of conversations. Yeah. And just when we're having those conversations with younger people in our lives. Um, yeah. And older people. Like, and older people. correct the fuckers, mm-hmm. you know? Come on, golden generation. Damn. Sort your shit out. Absolutely. <laughs> um, but can you remember, mm-hmm. can you remember your first period? Yeah, like, look, is that something? Let's yeah. get into the juicy, mm, bloody topic. Yeah. Oh, yeah, like trigger warning. We'll be talking about periods today. <laughs> <laughs> um, look, yeah, I do. Um, I was really um, blessed, hashtag blessed, uh, to have uh, two periods. Uh, it was great. Two periods. Yeah, I, two periods start of conversations. Oh. It's great. So I... Um, got up one morning to have my usual get up I went to the bathroom and I looked in the toilet afterwards and there was blood everywhere oh no like a massacre oh no and it was like that would be freaky yeah look I well that made me go cool I'm dying <laughs> I am dying it's like oh, I went and told my mum and I'm like mom I've got my period and she was like cool 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 so like she was real chill about it like when I reflect on it, my mum's like yeah it's fine because you know it's kind of a chill thing um and she was like here's a pad you put it in blah 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 blah. and then for the rest of the day I went to like the bathroom like I don't know 30 times a class uh to check and there was nothing in there and I was like okay do you just does is it just like one bleed in the morning and just (laughs) kind of comes out like a popped balloon I was just really confused and I got home the next day and my dad was like oh hi how was school and I was like oh yeah you know you know cool kind of thing um did mum tell you what happened? And dad goes, oh, did I, did mum tell you what I knew? And I was like, no, what? And he goes, oh, last night your sister, she had a blood nose, <laughs> filled up the sink and, and it was so bloody. We had to go to the toilet. She was sitting over it like with her nose over the toilet. No. And they didn't flush the toilet. I mean, that's pretty gross, eh? Definitely mm. flush the toilet mm. after you've been bloody everywhere. But then mm. that meant you mm. thought you'd started your period. Yeah. Yeah, so that was fun. So um, I got to be period free for another year. Oh. And then I was on vacation. I don't oh. call it vacation. That's weird. Holiday. <laughs> um, I think I was down in like Adelaide and um, we were in the pool and I was like, this is weird stuff. What's mm. going on? And I told my mum and my mum's like, cool, take two. Oh. And then it was your period yeah, this time my around. Period. Mm, great. Oh, it was a great time. Loved it. What about you? Do you remember your first period? Um, I period do, I? I do remember my first. I had the one. Um, <laughs> oh, cool. The oh. one first period story. Not hashtag blessed with two. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, yeah, I just remember being sat on the toilet at my mum's um, house um, in the downstairs toilet and then finding blood and being like, oh, God. And then I remember being quite like, shamed and confused mm. and not really sure like I do remember quite a distinct feeling of of being of wanting to tell my mum because I knew I needed to but at the same time feeling a bit like embarrassed about mm-hmm. it and not really sure um and then I went and spoke to her and she gave me a pad and then that was it I think I might have been about 12 mm, late bloomer maybe maybe I was 11 11 or 12 <laughs> late bloomer mm. <laughs> I won judgy yeah <laughs> super judgy I think I was like 10 yeah Maybe. Yeah. Fuck, I don't know. I know. And I do remember, I do remember like other people at school having theirs, but I was kind of probably like middle of my friendship group, I think, mm. in terms of like having. How did you guys period. talk about it when you got your first period, like your group of friends? Was it something that you all talked about and shared or? Yeah, I remember one of, I remember one close friend, she got hers really quite early on, like when mm. she was really young, like maybe nine or something like that, mm. um, or eight, eight or nine. Mm. And so she'd had it for quite a long time. So she quite talked quite like, Openly. openly about it mm. and then another one of my really good friends she got hers next and she but probably just like a little bit before me um yeah and she talked about it and then a couple of my other mates kind of it, yeah i don't know there was definitely some awkward conversations we did not talk about it did you not yeah. no nah, when i like so like 
growing up in Australia, it really like I'm not saying that this is how it was for everyone in Australia, not a global generalization of how periods were talked about. But I do remember growing up and um um having conversations about oh, do you think so and so has their period? Oh, they'd be so embarrassing. Like and meanwhile, having these conversations, I had my period literally at that time mm-hmm. and going, Oh no, I don't have mine. Like it was it was really it was almost like a shamed thing to have your period. Yeah, I do remember a little bit of that as well and a little bit of like a dirty kind of thing mm. and you wanted to kind of keep it secret. Yeah. Um, and then it's even things like, I do remember, the, I remember someone had to go and ask for period products from reception mm. one time and that being like the most mortifying thing ever and like it causing like a big drama when mm-hmm. really you think like, that shit should just be really easily available yeah. in school so that people yeah, don't need to go through that kind of shame of having to go and ask someone mm. when you're that age um, because there is so much stigma around it. Yeah. Um, when I was, um, yeah. I had that experience too. And so when I became a social worker in schools, it was my real big push to make sure that like all um, people who had periods knew that they could get products from my office and they just mm. had to knock on the door and they'd be like, I need this. And I'd be like, cool. Yeah. And because I was like, cool as fuck um people were fine to come and talk to me yeah about that kind of stuff but it was one of my things because you just i remember growing up and thinking that like everyone adults were just so like i don't know next level you just didn't want to talk to them they didn't understand what you were going through and mm. um i never wanted people to feel like that no when i was growing up or when I, the kids that i was working with were growing up because i'm like fuck that i know no it's so important <laughs> like to try and have more kind of conversations around it and everything yeah um yeah and not I, have that shame around it I know and even then like yeah because there is and it's actually it's a big change that's going through and you're already feeling kind of these weird feelings about your body at that point so Mm -hmm. it's like trying to just be open about it and if we're open and relaxed about it as adults then it's going to help remove some of that stigma for young people as well. It's such a good point because that's the thing is the people who actually have that shame in those things isn't the child because the child doesn't know that it's mm. shameful no it's the um, perception that adults put on top of it hey? yeah you know? and then society and mm-hmm. how we talk about it and be secretive it's you know yeah and even the way it's marketed you think about like you know oh look at this little purse that you can hide your pads in mm-hmm. like you can put these here these are all like secretive products like yeah this is a really cute way that no one will know that there's a tampon in there yeah it's that kind of stuff like keep it hidden I know. I remember feeling um, at university like we kind of um, ran a few, quite a few campaigns around like period poverty and stuff, um, but also just around like trying to talk more about periods. Mm. Um, and we would give out lots of period products for free. Cool. And just have them available in different spaces for free. Mm. Um, and I remember at like our um, school like fair things, I guess that mm-hmm. you have at the beginning of the year for freshers, like just giving out period products and. There were still so many people that were embarrassed about being like mm. given period products in in public, like actually yeah. just being like yeah, like to actually just be handed them rather than like they'd want to hide them all in a bag or like yeah. whatever. And you're like, I get it, and it's being respectful of the mm-hmm. fact that that's something that they're ashamed of. But at the same time, I felt really sad because I was like, this is just something that lots of people have to use and, yeah. and, and require. Yeah. yeah, and it's like, why does it? Why is it something super embarrassing? Uh, the patriarchy. I know. Fuck the patriarchy. <laughs> Like, um, if we really think it was a patriarchy, that's made it a shameful experience for women because, or people who bleed, mm-hmm. um, they've made it really shameful. Mm-hmm. It's because, true. you know, they're dicks. Yeah, it's true. Um, I also, I'm going to just do a massive oversharing. I love it. Please um, tell me. Because I, I, well, you do, told I, a double story. And so. I overshare all the time. So fucking tell me. Well, I also remember like, because it's like, you first have your period and then there's obviously trying out different products mm. and that kind of thing. Um, and I do have a vivid memory of the first time that I used a tampon. Tell me. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I, I, can't, I can't really remember why. I think I think like it was just like, oh, I should start trying to use tampons, mm-hmm. you know. Um, use pads for a little while um, and I remember like my stepmom talking me through how to use a tampon and mm-hmm. like talking me through the steps and then she was like stood outside the bathroom and I was in the bathroom trying to get this tampon in mm-hmm. and then just being in so much pain mm-hmm. like not really knowing what I was doing obviously like being in so much pain and she's trying to talk me through it and it's just not going in yeah um, and then basically my stepmom was like do you want me to help and I was like yes so then she then helped me I lay down and she helped me and taught me how to put uh, a tampon in cool <laughs> a bonding experience I, I, it actually was a bonding experience yeah. and I'm very appreciative because I feel like you know with her help I then were able to 
Yeah, exactly. Well, because there is, um, there's shame around it, right? And we've had this conversation how in – I'm not sure if it's just – New Zealand, but those applicators mm. to help with tampons aren't something that you really see in New Zealand market, or mm. um, and I don't really think I saw them much in Australian market. But don't quote me. Period products that are being sold and <laughs> like don't come after us, you know, campaigns. But um, that's a whole different aspect too, because like, yeah, well, you do you get applicator or like non-applicator. Does it come in the box? So um, for an applicator tampon, each tampon is in an applicator. Oh, wicked, yeah. So like what you what you chuck it away. Yeah, that's... Per tampon. So it's quite wasteful. Um, <laughs> well, like, which is a whole other topic, which it, we will come into in more detail, I'm sure. Yeah I, yeah, I remember when I first used a tampon. Like, yeah. I was in New Zealand at that point and I went to a party. Mm. And I had previously gone, okay, I'll try when I go for swimming the first time oh yeah that's a classic like you're going on holiday or you're going to the sea no nah, mine was at the to. pool or the school pool oh, uh, because was... i envisioned that when i went swimming in the pool what would happen as like you know when you've seen jaws yeah and all the blood from the shark attack yeah i mean i know guy i know i no. have a thing with sharks I, but oh like... yeah. yeah but i still envision yeah. envisage this that this as is to what's gonna happen like and everyone's trial. gonna know yeah. you're gonna be trailing in the water yeah, that's yeah totally and then you're at school that's even worse no yes yeah, so yeah. I, I always would say like at school oh no I've got my period so I can't go my PE teachers were men and they were weirded out by that so it was a good way to get out of it but I love swimming so um my first one was at a party which is a weird time because it was a surprise party we would hit it in this and I was like oh yeah I'm gonna use a tampon why like I just questioned myself now at a random person's house slipped on in Oh, you had an easy experience, not like the pain that I yeah. went through. Yeah, it was a real easy experience. Um, and then there was just like tampons galore afterwards. Yeah. You know, and then, because that's the thing, like products are the, there's like a new whirlwind of products now than there were when we were growing up. Definitely. There's so many different products that you can use. Um, Period products through the ages. I know. Da, 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 da. I know. Um, and I've tried quite, I've probably tried a lot of them i have not that's fair what have you tried no what have i tried because i've tried less okay um pads yeah um tampons tampons yeah and i've tried period underwear but it didn't fit properly so you haven't properly so tried it probably tried it but i just free bleed sometimes mm. because but then i have the luxury because i've got polycystic ovaries and the way that my period goes it's not a luxury. Half the time I don't get a period. When I do get a period, sometimes it's just like spotting. And sometimes mm. when I get it, it's like full on massacre. Mm-hmm. So it's really, you know, it's touch and go really with my life. Mm. So I don't, I haven't tried anything else. Mm-hmm. Whereas I've tried pads like right at the beginning and then moved on to tampons, mm-hmm. um, you know, for the comfort and kind of like not knowing that you're wearing and not feeling like you're wearing a nappy. Yeah. Um, yeah. All of those reasons. And so you can go swimming and that kind of thing. Um, but then from tampons, I then moved on to a moon cup. Mm. Um, actually, it was through a friend at university that first told me about it. And then she was like, I think you would love this. And then bought me a moon cup for my birthday. What a good bitch. I know. And then I ended up buying my best friend also a moon yes. cup for her birthday. I was like, I'm going to carry on this tradition. I think it's great. Um, um, my birthday's coming up. Um, I don't need a moon cup. It's fine. I was gonna say, yeah. you, not sure if you need one, but um, yeah, or moon cup or a period cup. They've got lots of different names. Um, like but yeah, those cup. are. I'm sure lots of people would know, but um, they're the little cups that you basically are, like little silicon cups that you fold and pop up inside you, and then they kind of form like a suction, and then all of the blood kind of collects, and all the other things collect, and you pull it back out, empty it, and you can reuse it. Do you have an instruction manual? Yes. Oh, cool. That's there's why I was quite an uh, in-depth instruction manual mm-hmm. because um, there's it's yeah it is different to kind of get used to in terms mm. of like putting it inside of you, making sure that it's got a proper seal because the way that you pop it up inside of you is you kind of have to fold it together, pop it up, and then it folds back out and springs back out into the cup shape. Do you have to be flexible? Creates a seal. No, everyone should be able to. Obviously, people who can reach mm. and have got ha- have got arms and have got hands are oh, able to yeah. reach like you only need one hand um to be able to use it um mm. but it doesn't go really really deep up inside you that just a little bit question. no so then at the bottom of the moon cup it has like a little long um, stalk stalk yeah and you chop the stalk depending on how long 
um, how, how, how long you want it to be as well. Which now you're looking at me because the <laughs> listeners can't see facial expressions. <laughs> confused. But people have got different lengths of entrance, I guess, into oh. them. So it's to make sure that, um, that you've got one that actually is fitting you properly. So you can cut it depending on how long you want it. But I would take it out and yeah, then... Don't cut try it. and cut it whilst it's inside of <laughs> okay, you. You're probably asking for a hazard. Um, <laughs> so then, yes, there's important stuff around. There's like the moon cups on the period cup is really, really great because it's reusable and mm. you're going to save so much money. Like it's a bit of an investment. It's like a little bit more expensive when you first buy it. But then you're never going to have to buy tampons or pads or anything again. If it works for you. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's important mm. to um, to note that you do need to be able to wash it you need to have access to kind of boiling water um, Mm. because that's how you need to make sure that you clean it like before and after you use it Um, and also it's being conscious that you're emptying it out and it is definitely therefore you might end up with a bit more blood or Mm. like on your hands or like there might be it's a little bit messier than using a tampon but actually that was probably for me one of the most like liberating things I know this is going to sound really weird and again too much information you've had lots of knowledge about my blood yes Um, but actually I found like the kind of grossness and how we feel gross about Mm. our periods and our blood Um, I'm like well I don't feel like that about other parts of me when I'm bleeding I'm like oh Mm -hmm. yeah look I've got a bloody finger or whatever Mm -hmm. um so it's kind of been quite liberating to get over this kind of like Mm. yuckness for me personally I am just talking from personal experience and like you said everyone's got different um totally different feelings and that's totally valid yeah um but I would also say it's worth like just it's a bit different the first time you use it so give yourself a bit of time um, when you first put it in, yeah, and then you just, I, and then after that, I don't even notice. And you can keep it in for much, much longer because it can hold more blood. Um, so I could keep it in easily. Personally, again, I could keep it in for like a full day. That's um, crazy. And then I would empty it before I go to bed. Yeah, and then you could pop it, but I probably could leave it for a full day and overnight as well. And it doesn't have that same like um, shock thing. That, yes. Yeah, that tampons Toxic can... shock syndrome. Toxic shock syndrome. Yeah. Toxic shock syndrome say that's it three a, times yeah i was gonna little, say and that's a tongue twister yeah it was um but yeah so that's kind of it's so interesting and it's so interesting because it's become more of a like i guess as we become we we aim to be more sustainable and we become more um eco-friendly mm. these options are coming through which are really cool and um but it is something to get like i'm just <laughs> i'm just envisioning myself on the toilet mm. trying to like maneuver yeah that's so i can do it standing up Oh, yeah. So you can, uh, yeah, it's just... Um, Interesting. Yeah. If you imagine that you should a do lot some of diagrams. us... A lot of us yeah. will play with ourselves and yeah. we can reach and reach inside ourselves. It's the exact same thing, really. That is a really good way to describe it. Yeah. It's just, that's actually a fascinating way to describe it. And I think that's the thing is when we come to like sex ed and stuff, we don't get taught how to do anything because mm. um, sex ed sucks. And um, the health system also sucks and is is not a good system for our for our young people as we learn these kind of things Mm. and so a lot of the things that we do especially around our periods is we learn by trial and error Mm, i know and you're like oh yeah this has kind of worked or this didn't hurt or this hurt or this isn't how it works Mm. and so until we start talking about it more openly like you just explained like you know when when we go into and we play with ourselves or we're um you know being pleasurable Mm. That is a really interesting way for people who know they can do that, that there's an aspect to being able to, well, then from Moon Cup, it's like a, it's not necessarily a similar experience, (laughs) but it's a way that you can, you can do it. You'll be able to, you know, you can have a little go and feel comfortable. I think, I think just exploring your body in general is really, really good, actually. Like, yeah. And just for lots of different purposes so that when you're in your, if you know, if you have a period or if you're looking for pleasure, any mm-hmm. of those things, just getting to know yourself is mm-hmm. actually like a good thing. Yet it's so um, discouraged. The one other thing I would say about moon cups as well is also just acknowledging um, that if you have experienced like sexual violence or something like that, again, it might not be something that you feel comfortable with. And mm-hmm. I think with all of these different options, particularly because we're talking about sustainability and there can be a bit of sustainability mm-hmm. shaming that goes yes. on. It's actually just finding ways that are good for you because... The other things that I have mm-hmm. used... Yeah, keep going. Um, which are also sustainable. So mm-hmm. I've also tried um, period pants. Mm-hmm. Um, and Not actual pants. Not like with a jean buckle or anything like that. Like oh, underwear. Oh. Saws. Yeah. That's my Britishness. Um, <laughs> yeah, so do, like um, period underwear. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
yeah i've really i've really liked it i would wear it for me i've only ever worn it at like night time mm-hmm. um like when i'm sleeping or something like that because um, some people have this um uh this fear around free bleeding eh? yeah i think um the feeling of it mm-hmm. and oh. i think well for some people i think it's the, the feeling of it and therefore being worried and it is a different sensation so it's a similar thing with reusable pads as well mm-hmm. and i've worn them during the day and yeah it's different the sensation of free bleeding when you've always used some kind of like preventative yeah like something thing. yeah exactly some kind of blockage yeah um does feel when a little bit use, different when did you use your reusable pants i used those when i was traveling i was wondering if you would yeah so i took my because i was a bit concerned when i was going traveling i'd use the moon cup for such a long time mm-hmm. but like i said you kind of need to have access to flowing water to be able to clean it out mm-hmm. just in between uses and things like that and it can just feel a bit and sometimes when you're traveling you don't really know what the state the toilets are going to be in um, or what facilities you're going to have mm-hmm. really um so i bought some reusable pads as an option as well oh. and basically what you can do is you just wash them then yeah um and you can wash them people get a bit funny about washing them with their other clothes it's totally fine Why? and i think people think that maybe the blood's going to get onto other clothes or whatever but it doesn't like it kind of just absorbs into the material and then you're washing the material it's not like anything like that i know that's something that people get quite worried about it's interesting because eh? like you know back in the day we used to have like reusable um nappies and stuff yeah. like that and you still um, you do get they've kind of come back in as well they, yeah no nappies. they have they're pretty cool um, but yeah, like it's totally fine to wash it with normal clothes. So anyway, yeah, so I had those for traveling. Cool. Um, but yeah, free bleeding is actually fine. You just kind of mm. get used to the sensation. It does feel a little bit different. Yeah. Um, it's interesting when we think about all these all these options and all these products that can be used mm. um, for periods. But it really links into that idea of period poverty. Yeah. Uh, because a lot of them, like you, you kind of already mentioned, is like um, the moon cup can be a little bit more expensive. Um even tampons are super expensive. Pads are expensive. It seems like all these products are quite, um, they're more expensive than anything. Like when you go, I remember when you, when I was a student and you went and did your shop and you were trying to go, okay, what can I like mm. not buy? Mm. Those were ones that were often on the list because they're so expensive for how much or how little you have them for. Um, and it, and so for me, who was in a space where it was actually like, I mean, technically I could afford it if I wanted to, you start thinking about people who can't, who are living um, already, uh, like can't meet the means that they need to, you know, buy or they have to think about, do they buy tampons or do they buy food? Totally. They'll always buy food because that's how. And so then there becomes another level of fear for these um, young people who are bleeding Mm -hmm. because then there's that fear of how that will be seen at school Mm -hmm. or how it will be in the community or Mm -hmm. will people find out. And it's that poverty um, that often isn't thought about. Like, you know, when Mm -hmm. we think of poverty, we think of like food, power, blankets, Mm. all those kind of things. But that's such a level of um, concern for our young people because it's so there's so much fuckamah and shame around um, periods that it's just like... Let's look at how we can start supporting people Definitely. So around how they bleed and how and how we educate them and how they can then... Yeah, and having that access to products, actually. Mm-hmm. That, um, access to different products. Yeah. It's something that lots of people will experience bleeding and they should be able to access a range of different products which are going to work for them. Mm-hmm. We also do want it to be better for the environment and be able to... And ultimately... Yeah. You know, if we can help people with a moon cup or reusable pads, mm-hmm. that's going to be more cost effective for them as well. Yeah, definitely. But really, we should be looking at how can we get this stuff out there for a really, really minimum cost slash free, you know? Yeah, um, exactly. For certain communities. Like Scotland. Yes. Yeah, so Scotland introduced, um, it's one of the first places in the world who introduced like a policy around giving. Yeah, we did it now. Giving. See you next yeah, Thursday Yeah, we did, one time. Eh? Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, around where they were giving out um, or making products accessible um for young people in schools and things as part of uh, so tackling period poverty yeah because it is it's like a hidden thing that's um same with like homeless women mm-hmm. um and you know for within um the mahi that we do supporting women mm-hmm. we will often when we're giving mm-hmm. out free like food parcels or whatever with mm-hmm. toiletries will always be sanitary products yeah um I remember also doing at university like a huge big like sanitary um, product. Although that we that product that name is not great. You shouldn't use menstrual products because mm-hmm. sanitary has this idea that it's somehow unclean. Menstrual products. Mm. Um, yeah, so we did like a huge drive and we got lots and lots of people to donate menstrual products 
um, for our local like food banks and mm. things because it was something that we kind of got fed back was that that was one of the items that kind of that were women were being mm. forgotten yeah as part of homelessness really and the kind of specific things that they would need so we did a huge huge drive and collect like loads and loads of menstrual products but yeah it's just really raising awareness of the issue eh? and um yeah finding and supporting people in finding different ways in which suit them yeah because there's no right or wrong no it's just whatever works for you and what feels good for you yeah um and it's really just tackling that fuckama that we have around periods because you know i you can probably guarantee that a lot of our male listeners who frequently listen to us on this will feel a bit awkward about it because it often is a conversation that um, is kept for women who bleed or people who bleed or if mm. we're going to be completely honest, it's just kept for women mm. because um, people don't think about that um, there are a whole group of people who bleed mm. and it's just kind of gendered that only women bleed and men don't need to know anything about it. And mm. so it becomes this really interesting conversation that men often will feel embarrassed about or don't yeah. want to have to listen to or don't think they need to have a conversation around. And I think that's really, I think it's really um, fascinating that, um, that that's how we've kind of led our space around periods in society and it's mm. pretty fucked up. Well, it's cis men, eh? Oh, it's cis, like, men. cis white men. Cis men. Have this <laughs> I'll idea. just put white in there. <laughs> you know, I always do. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, cis men who think it's like funny to not really know what period products are and there's that whole mm-hmm. joke of being sent to the shop to try and pick up someone's yes. period products and as a cis man, they don't know what the heck they're doing and then buy the wrong ones. It's like, well, actually, maybe you should just find out about what period products are mm-hmm. not be so like het up and make out like it's mm-hmm. gross and then there would be way less shame in general and mm. we could actually have it's actually such a good it's such a good point my partner he's um pretty great um and often because of my polycystic um my bleeding can be just so completely irregular and it can just happen and so that's why free bleeding often tends to be just an option um and i remember when we first started getting together how um, much fuck am I had around that and I'd be like oh god you know I'll I'll do my washing no no don't wash it um, and he's always been really good going nah it just happens like no nah, I'm doing the washing it's fine don't worry about it like and it's not to put him on a pedestal and say that that's amazing mm-hmm. but it's to say that um, that is how all men who, ha- who are supporting um, people who bleed should be because mm-hmm. it's it's not um it shouldn't be a you're going above and beyond. That's actually just the level that people should be at. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I share that story, lots of people will go to me, oh, my God, he does that? You allow it? I'm like, yeah, because um, bleeding is just a natural form of someone's body. And mm-hmm. if you bleed and if you don't bleed, it's just part of what your body's doing to do your cycle kind mm-hmm. of thing. So it should be something that... Um, you're 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 in a you're in a partnership. You're in a relationship, so therefore it should be a, a union kind of not like not like we're doing a blood ceremony <laughs> together. But it's like that is it should be normalised and it's it shouldn't gross. be no, and exactly. there shouldn't be shame around it because no. it just it happens exactly. Um, it was also like I don't know, just you're you're so right, and just thinking of like um underwear and things. How I learned something like maybe six months ago or so about how um your underwear can stain from mm-hmm. the discharge that people um oh yeah I think that will come from yeah. uterus um yeah. will actually cause the like to discolor because mm-hmm. that's what happens to underwear and i remember frequently growing up thinking like is this just my yes. underwear that does that or that's a bit gross like getting a bit embarrassed yes. about wearing underwear that looked like that and then i was like fucking hell like this is just a natural mm-hmm. part of what happens because that's what our bodies produce and that's what, just what it does but no one fucking tells no. you that and even like discharge in general kind mm-hmm. of feeling kind of gross or unsure mm-hmm. about it and you're like wow all of this stuff my body's the most amazing thing and mm-hmm. yet i have these like this this hatred and fear that other people might judge and mm-hmm. actually it's like no nah, that's just what's come out your body and yeah it's a fluid it's okay like exactly it's mm. absolutely that so periods are interesting yeah i think i know that we've only really touched we've very much focused on kind of like menstruation and the process of obviously bleeding mm. and kind of dealing with that and also just want to know like I know we don't really have too much longer because we have been doing really long episodes recently. I feel like we could talk for another 25 minutes. <laughs> we literally could. But um, it's just also recognising that um, there's lots of hormonal changes and stuff mm-hmm. that can happen for people throughout their cycle. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, big shout out to people that go through huge amounts of pain mm-hmm. and have to live with like real horrendous 
menstrual cycles mm. yeah because mm. fuck like that's really really hard and again mm. it's something that we just brush off and act like people should just get over when and yeah. people minimize it i mean you think about where was it there's um a country that has put um into their employment law um and i could be completely wrong and maybe i'm making this up but i'm sure i've read somewhere that a country had put into their employment law that women were able to access um sick leave that wasn't sick leave but it was for like menstrual menstrual cycles oh um and it made me feel a bit funny because a it meant that you had to disclose mm. that you were having it and it also i was so sure that it said women oh, i didn't think it said that uh, people who bleed but i um i also thought that was a really important place because i know for someone who when i do get my period can be fucking awful like it just affects me in so much pain in so many spaces that being able to know that I can take that time off without any shame or any like, um, because there's almost an expectation that because it's what happens to all, um, what's the word where, where I do the inverted commas, oh, yeah. women inverted mm-hmm. commas, um, that you should just like kind of harden up and you should just kind of like suffer through it. It's just a bit of a shit show. And, um, to, when I heard something like that, I was like, Oh, that'd be actually really cool to have a space where, um, if you needed to take a bit of time but then you have to disclose it and that's also a bit shit if you don't have a cool organization where you can say that yeah stuff. and how and if within the current world that we're in there's no doubt that there's a whole load of stigma that would be associated with that but oh, yeah. I think at the same time like it is pretty cool I did a really quick google whilst oh, cool, you cool, said cool. it because did I, I make it up that. no you didn't make it up there's actually five countries in the world but oh, interesting wow. Japan was the first one and they introduced it back in 1947 oh wow I know um so yeah but that's amazing i know so fun facts but i think yeah i think opening up the conversation and mm-hmm. talking more about it educating more and talking about like yeah just the shit things and the weird things that can happen like i'm well i know that i've had a story where i've like bled everywhere tell us your story. Story. okay one tell last us your story, story. Okay. let's finish on your story one last story to wrap us all up um yeah this was quite a bad incident quite a like i was so embarrassed about this like bleeding story Mm. um where i was actually i was at an i was at a course where we were learning um i was going to lead workshops at universities about um consent and i was at a course like for the training of that Mm -hmm. and i was in this like tight gray dress like light gray dress is it the gray dress you have now no this one's still in scotland oh okay um no it's not um but i was sat there and then i was just sat on like like a plastic chair Mm -hmm. and i was like I really think I can feel that I've bled. Um, and I was like, fuck, like, I really must be bleeding. And I moved out of my chair. Like, I moved my body, obviously, slightly to look. And I was like, fuck, like, it was on the chair. And then I was like, shit, this must be through my dress, with this grey dress that I'm wearing. Yes. We're, like, halfway through the day. And I'm, like, semi kind of the opposite side of the room from the door, aware that I must be like I'm bleeding all over this fucking chair yeah and it was horrendous like my period just kind of came out of nowhere um and I don't know if it was discreet but obviously tried to like get up from my chair wipe off the blood discreetly walk across the room and then like oh my god didn't even have any period products on me because I think my period was a bit regular and a bit all over the mm. place contraception woo why did yeah. we do it but um yeah but it was just hur- like it was really really embarrassing obviously then it was in the toilet like pretty much burst into tears and kind of managed to scrub my dress a little bit and just was terrified that there was still blood left on this chair and like it was awful like it was so so awful and you just think like yeah like that I I think there's probably always going to be to a certain extent where that is Mm -hmm. a bit embarrassing but the level of shame it was pretty yeah and you just think and that was within an all women's space as well so Mm. yeah oh imagine if they were yeah exactly yeah yeah yeah, imagine if there was a just dot, dot, dot. That's Sis, um, ma'am. Thank you for sharing that because it is quite a, um, I think it's a fear that lots of us who bleed um, have that fear of what yeah. if. And now you're all probably like, shit, never wear a grey dress. Um, no, I'm going to wear a grey dress all the time. The fear was completely true. Yeah. Um, yeah, it did just happen. And um, I don't know. I, I don't know if I would. I think I'd still be really embarrassed if that happened now. I don't think we've really, things haven't shifted. And I'm not saying no. that you're going to shift beyond that, but um, it was pretty, pretty horrendous. And I guess it's, uh, I guess the thing is, is also acknowledging that um, uh, if you feel that fear, there will be... Um, nearly every person who bleeds also has that exact same fear Mm -hmm. um and so when we feel a bit of that shame is to be like okay i'm not the only one but still feel 
I know. You know? Because it's hard it to is. shift it. it but it's just bodily fluids <laughs> that's coming out of you. This is true. In an awful way and sometimes linked with pain and shit. Mm-hmm. Not and shit, but sometimes there's poo. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I don't know where this has gone and how do we end it from here? I do not know. It was really good. No, it was really good. I think that's the thing is um, um, periods are more than just what has been made out for it to be in society. And they link to so many like beautiful things. Like culturally, they link into really beautiful spaces. Um, for people who bleed, it links into so much stuff. Sometimes it's about that cycle of like, beginnings and everything like that and sometimes i think the way that society has portrayed it is that we look at it in a really demonized light that it's just scary and gross and you should have shame with it but actually they're pretty cool talk about it more yeah that's what we need to do And welcome back to our See You Next Thursday rant or rave. I was trying to harmonise with you. I know, I could could just sense it. Mm, That was mm. fantastic. I hope you liked it. It is a great part of our show that needs some more harmony. Yeah, (laughs) I feel like we don't sing enough on our podcast. We went from Red Flags, where we sung it, to um, No More Singing. We did a remix of our Red Flags, though, a few weeks back. It was great. Did we? We did in the middle of the episode. We just burst into where's your red flags at last week, actually, in dating shenanigans. Oh, that's good. I know. It was great. Anyway, um, rant or rave. I think we're going to go Olympics themes. Olympic, Olympic, Olympic. I know, because it's going on at the moment. I'm sure lots of you have seen, despite all of the kind of COVID stuff, there's obviously like no audience watching, but the the Olympics are going on. No. Oh, um, actually, no, I did, because it was in London um, in 2012, so I did go and see some athletics, and then I just went to the parks and watched some of um, the games. It was pretty cool. You're just shaking. For those people, because they can't actually see oh, that's right. what's we're happening a on a podcast, Ellie was shaking her head and her eyes were like, really? Like, what the heck? I've never been to an Olympics. I don't feel like New Zealand's going to host an Olympics. Bullshit. We might. Oh, I think it's just quite a small Winter. population. So? Yeah. Wait. Who's got a similar size population as us? Scotland. Is Scotland going to host? No. Mm. So anyway, round to rave. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> Olympic themed. Um, Do you have one? Uh, yes. My ranty rave is all going to be themed around Olympics and outfits. Now I know I thought that came out wrong because it makes it sound like I'm going to do that Ooh. really. Oh, you know, clothes. Yeah, that's what you're and doing. Like, but I actually am. Um, so which I never would have thought would be something that you would pick. I know, right? Yeah. I'm always about bringing out surprises. I- <laughs> <laughs> um, but so there's two different sections to this, really. So mm-hmm. one of them is um, people may have seen in the news that the Norwegian beach volleyball yes. team have been fined no. by the Olympic Committee for wearing shorts rather than pants. Oh, don't know how to say Bikini that. Bikini bottoms. Yeah, thank you. There we go. Um, but yeah, so they normally in beach volleyball, lots of people will probably be aware, hyper like small outfits and it'll be those bikini bottoms and like a little sports but bra, only, bikini top. But only the wahine, hey. So yeah, you're right. It is mm. only um, for the wahine. So um, they will wear little bikini bottoms and then that sports bra type top. The Norwegian... Like a um, crop top. Yeah, crop top. The Norwegian beach volleyball team dared to wear Mm. shorts Um, and they were doing that out of like comfort and also wanting to kind of um, stand up for the hypersexualization of their sport yeah Um, and then they were fined a shit ton of money because there's actually specific measurements as to how big your I think it was like pants four centimeters yeah it's something like that and it's just like come on not even that much like four centimeters I know and you're just like you're thinking like hey people should just be able to wear what they want to wear if you think about athletics sometimes um, athletes will wear those little knickers um, and some athletes will wear shorts and that should be perfectly acceptable and and but this is the issue with sport in general Mm. there's these really arbitrary rules um so you've got that on one hand where they've been fined and then which is interesting i was just thinking i'm like there is a lot of sand 
Yeah, I know. There's a lot of running. I'm going, if I'm going to wear that, that's a lot of chafing for well, me. Well, also, if you think about it, like, you're going to have to, um, like, they'll probably have to be taped down in some way. What mm. if you're on your period? Um, yes. And what if, you know, yeah, they surely there has to be some kind of taping down because what if they, like, creep up or something mm-hmm. or, like, you know, because you're being so active, what if they... Or if you run and it slips. That's and what you, I mean. Yeah, and you got nicked over or someone grabs you from behind. Yeah, no. There's a lot of situations that could happen and... Ultimately, you shouldn't have to wear them. No. Um, and that's what's really interesting because there's another team, the German gymnastic team, yeah. that have also protested about the kind of hyper-sexualization of their sport by wearing um, leotards which are full length and go all the way down to their feet. Oh, awesome. Um, so often you will see in gymnastics, their leotards are very, very high cut at the front around the hip area and mm-hmm. they... Um, yeah, they just show off quite a lot of basically all your leg, but a really, really high cut. Mm. Um, and there's a lot of presumptions. I think the Jamaica, one of the athletes from the Jamaican gymnastic team actually came out and said that they didn't even realise that you could wear any other kind of leotard. Oh, wow. um, and again, it's just this like hyper-sexualisation mm-hmm. of a sport, which if people want to wear that, all for that, mm-hmm. that's fine, but it shouldn't be something that people have to wear. And you shouldn't be fined no. because of it. No, and the German team weren't fined because there isn't the same level of like what you Rules. have to wear um, mm-hmm. around the length of it. Um, but it's just two kind of contrasting examples of where women in the Olympics are kind of standing up against something. Which I think is really, really cool. Exactly. Bloody cool. Um, and it should, yeah. So it's kind of, yeah, it's kind of a rant and then a rave. But just getting us thinking a little bit more, I think, about like the unnecessary restrictions that are put yeah. on women's bodies and actually how even within an environment which is obviously all about physical performance it's still hypersexualized. Yeah, because it always is for women, isn't it? Yeah. What about you? Have um, you got an Olympic theme rant or rave? I have an Olympic rant or rave. Oh, rant and rave. It's a rave, it's a rave. So we obviously know about uh, Simone Biles. She's like this incredible American gymnast who is just like next level talented. Like, I don't know if you know this, but she can do like a bazillion somersaults. Oh, she's incredible. She has like the hardest like routines yeah. that anyone's ever had. Yeah. And fun fact as well, yeah, which I love. Fact. When she does the vault, she launches herself high into the air than any male athlete in the um, Olympics. Yeah, because she's wicked. Yeah, she's fucking ace. She's so cool. But I think what's been really incredible about her is um, there was obviously this, um, she has withdrawn from the individual all-round final at um, the Tokyo Olympics. I don't know if you know this, but the Olympics are in Tokyo. Um, and I thought it's been really interesting because when she first, when that first happened, there was a lot of um, murmurs by people online because, you know, keyboard warriors about how bad it is, how it wasn't going to be good for America. America was going to lose um, another medal and all this kind of stuff. And then she came out about how it was about her um, mental health and she was going to prioritise that. And I thought, how fucking cool is that? That mm. you've got this... Uh, Waiheni, who is on the stage, um, you know, um, you could probably say that the Olympics are like the like biggest stage for yeah. that career. And she is prioritizing to all young women um, and all young, all men and women out there that actually mental health is such a priority. And she took that stand and did that. And I think what has been really cool about that is it's showing people in the sport, in any kind of high intensity sport where you know, that is what you kind of focus on so much that actually it's okay to prioritise your mental health yeah. um, because you should. Definitely. And I think she also, because um, if you see the way in which it all happened as well on, on Tuesday, was um, she was in the middle of competing in the final and then she scored like her lowest ever score in oh, yeah. the vault on in the apparatus, um, like I think as in a, in a major competition. And she basically like turned back to her one of her trainers, her coaches, and said, um, "I just can't do this anymore," and left and just left the arena. Mm. Um, and I think what it also demonstrated is actually just how intensely high pressure mm-hmm. these environments are, and actually to what extent they do really push people mentally. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's also particularly interesting with Simone because um, there's been and people might have seen the, the Netflix documentary, but mm-hmm. there's been a lot of. Um, controversy but then mainly you know big accusations and then he's actually been found guilty um their 
the US gymnast Coach. team doctor. Doctor. Yeah, was found um, guilty of and has been accused of um, rape and sexual assault of mm-hmm. lots of women. young gymnasts mm-hmm. that came through and um, women. And Simone, around that same time when that was coming out, started openly talking about her own mm. therapy. Yeah, um, awesome. And at least no one really knows, obviously, the extent to what's happened or, or yeah. really, because you can't ever really know, but... I think she has, has got such a strong voice. Yeah. Um, with and she's got such a huge impact because of how incredible she is an athlete. Mm. But then is also taking that brave st- step of showing that vulnerability and prioritizing something else because I think within sport, it's so often like you have to be so strong. Yeah. And you do. any kind of discussion around mental health is weak when actually, fuck, like mental health is so important. Yeah. And most people that will have trained to try and get to that point. Mm. Um, will either because either they haven't made it because lots of people don't make it mm-hmm. um, or even those people that do make it there's going to be some struggles around that and yeah. it's about time that we actually look after young athletes moving mm-hmm. through as well yeah um, definitely and um, and there's more to life than sport as well yeah no yeah there's <laughs> but that's my rant or rave no it's a cool cool rant or rave I feel like it was your rant or rave too yeah, I think we, well... We did a rant rave together on Olympians. We did. It was That's an Olympic-themed cool. rant or rave. Do we get a gold medal? Absolutely. One always. for Scotland, one for... Oh, who do I yeah. give mine to? Who do you give yours to? Māori? Tanga yeah, Tafenua? I give mine to Tanga Tafenua. There we are. Woo! things have triggered you today or you're worried about something you a friend or a whanau member is experiencing please reach out to women's refuge on 0800 733 843 and follow the instructions to find your local refuge you can also call lifeline on 0800 543 354 or you can text 1737 to access free counseling here in new zealand for our friends and whanau outside of new zealand let us know where you are so we can support you in accessing the right services for you We would love it if you can rate, review and subscribe on whichever platform you use. This really helps our wee podcast grow. And just remember to fuck the patriarchy. And see you next Thursday.